again, me popsicles, and welcome to season two of Science Fiction Remnant. Go ahead and grab your multipass, a drink, and sit back with us and geek out about sci-fi. Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. And hang around to the end of the episodes for the real world science that was inspired by your favorite science fiction. Let's do this. Let's talk about science fiction topics in books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Audible, Groupods, or whatever you listen to podcasts. You can catch the video pods on our YouTube a month later. And don't forget your multipass, you me popsicles. Science Fiction Remnant is brought to you by the hashtag This Is Sci-Fi. No Capone Cuties were harmed in the making of this commercial. Ba, 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 ba. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and scuttlebutt, scuttlebutters across the galaxy, uh, thanks for joining us on this special edition. I always say special. They're all special. Come on. They're all special. They are all absolutely special. But you know what? We have um, we have a, a great discussion scheduled here tonight. We are recording uh, March 15th with my favorite patron, um, Oh, I shouldn't have said that because what what about the other patrons? You know, you guys are all my favorite. <laughs> I bet you say that to all the patrons. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Melanie, how you doing tonight? Fine, how are you? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I was telling you before we started rolling that I posted that uh, poster of the uh, Buck Rogers uh, television show from back in the day. And mm-hmm. I just posted a simple question. Who here remembers this show? And wow, there are a lot of people that remember that show. Over the weekend, last weekend, we reached a a whopping 40,000 views on that post, a couple of hundred retweets and a few hundred uh, responses from folks that um, I think might be waiting for this show to drop. So this is very cool and very exciting. And uh, I think this show... Uh, speaks to uh, to both of us for sure, but I think mm-hmm. it's going to be. I, I think it's uh, one of those shows that really um, plays on our uh, nostalgia, especially in science fiction television. Oh yes, the beloved seventies. Exactly. You know, we did a show back in the day. I think uh, you know we we really uh, dove deep into the space nineteen ninety nine, and yes. uh, I really had fun with that one. So I think uh, you know going back to this era. Um, there's a lot of uh, shows to uh, to kind of pick from, and um, what 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 are some of your favorite shows from this era? I know we're we're going to talk about oh Buck Rogers, gosh. but what are some of the other yes. ones? Oh my gosh, I watched uh, the Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman. I was probably one of the few kids my age age watching Quark. Quark, which one was that? Quark. That's the one that Buck Henry wrote, starring Richard Benjamin. Oh, about you know what, the garbage Rich, troll. Richard Benjamin is one of those actors that I I remember seeing him everywhere in the seventies. He was on everything. Yeah, in a lot yeah. of movies. Mm-hmm. But I loved that show. And um, you know, and of course there were all the superhero shows. There was the Croft Super Show. Yes. Bigfoot and Wild Boy, Electro Woman and Dinah Girl. 
I mean, we had so much stuff to watch. It was crazy. We sure did. I'm looking at Quark. I actually don't remember the the show Quark, but uh, I'm looking at uh, some information on the on the interwebs. 1977 American Science Fiction. Richard Benjamin. Oh, interesting. I know um, we were. I was doing a uh, rewatch for uh, Buck Rogers, and I know it's. I've been watching it uh, for free on Tubi. So if mm-hmm. you guys are interested in in doing a rewatch of that show, obviously you can find a lot of stuff on Tubi. It's uh, it's great. It's great. It's a good source, and their it, their uh, prints aren't bad. Yeah, for uh, I don't know how they. Um, how they bring that stuff in, but uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, it looks looks really good. It looks good. Um, I know, you know, before we start on Book Rogers, I wanted to ask you. Um, I was telling you again before we started rolling. I feel like I've been hanging out with you uh, all all day today because I just listened to the Nick Flix episode where you and Nick uh, were talking about uh, old movies. It was pretty oh, that, good. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. But I found out in talking to Nick that we both are fans of Billy Wilder and Jack Lemmon. So that was that was great to talk to him about that. Yeah, I was listening to it. And it's a it's a movie I had not seen in a really long time. And obviously, you know, um, you guys were talking about Chicago and mm-hmm. uh, and the mob and, and St. Valentine's Day and, and all that stuff. So I'm going to have to do uh, I'm going to have to find it again and just kind of uh, rewatch and absorb some of the stuff that you were talking about, some of the stuff that I had forgotten about that. Really good. It's a great movie. Um, so, uh, again, just a little warm up. What um, what uh, news are you following in the Geekosphere? Oh, well, mine is actually world is 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 world news and it's nerd news and it's real news oh wow mm-hmm. crossing so, all your t's and it also dovetails nicely with what we're talking about tonight oh very nice can't yeah. wait to hear about it last week nasa provided an actual date to announce the crew for artemis 2 oh. which is going to fly around the moon and it's the first crewed mission since Apollo. Very nice. And I, I, I did see a, uh, a new NASA spacesuit. Mm-hmm. That was today. And um, that looked pretty cool. Very streamlined. It is very Sweet streamlined. Looking. Yeah. It, uh, it gave me some, it gave me like old Avengers vibes, I think. Yeah. But and that's pretty just, cool. Yeah. It just, it feels like now we have a suit and a date and people are going, and there's going to be three Americans and one Canadian. Um, they're going to use the SLS Mega Rocket with the Orion capsule. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. And they are targeting next November, November 24, for that. What kind so of we research? We may be on the moon by 25. That's crazy. Very nice. That is crazy. What kind of research do you think they'll bring? Cryogenics. <sighs> I hope they're prepared <laughs> for <laughs> any eventuality. Because, you know, yeah. after what happened in 87. <laughs> oh, no. Do you remember where you were specifically when uh, the Challenger disaster happened? T-minus 15 seconds. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 
We have main engine start. Yes, I had got I had just gotten back from London. And liftoff. Liftoff of the 25th Space Shuttle mission and it has cleared the tower. I was on a oh. school trip. Oh, wow, very very metropolitan. Yeah, I had just gotten back and um it was the last couple of days of winter break because I was in college and my brother was home from school because it was teacher work day and he was actually watching it on TV and I wasn't oh. and because I was unpacking. So I was unpacking stuff and he's like, yeah, the Challenger's gone up. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen the shuttles go up because you know, it really was. I mean, because that's how you felt sure. about it by then. It was like, oh, it goes up all the time. It was routine. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said and then I hear him say. I think something happened because mm. he was little. He goes, yeah. I think something happened. And so I go to, I said, nothing happened. What are you talking about? And then I came <laughs> downstairs God. and saw it, you know. 57 feet per second, altitude 4.3 nautical miles, downrange distance 3 nautical miles. There's my brother who was nine at the time, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, and so I'm having to shepherd him through what he's looking at. Challenger, go with throttle up. Challenger, go with throttle up. One minute, 15 seconds, velocity 2,900 feet per second, altitude 9 nautical miles, downrange distance 7 nautical miles. I'll always remember, you know, that audio right before it exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it's, it's just kind of like burned in my mind. Uh, go at throttle up and then a little bit of static yeah. and then that was it. carefully at the situation obviously a major malfunction wow and then, I was, and, and then every every shuttle launch after that you had to get past that point yeah before you felt okay that's so freaky but um, you know i went to when i visited kennedy space center in let's see i was there in 2019 they have a beautiful memorial hall now with um, they actually have pieces of Challenger and Columbia and um, personal things from the crew about oh, wow. their lives. Yeah, it's um, it's a really moving thing to see if you ever get a chance to see it. That's very nice. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I um, I was in high school in the basement. We were constructing um, set pieces for a drama that. Uh, that the rest mm. of the class was preparing. And I remember there was a TV uh, in the studio art class that people were watching the, uh, the launch. And um, I just remember just a very low, everybody just was glued to the television and, and you can hear just everybody just going, Oh, Ooh. so it was uh, really somber. Um, yeah. I mean, and it is funny because you do kind of take, uh, I mean, even even the moon landing in 69, after a while, it was like, you know, nobody, television stations didn't mm -hmm. care about it. Uh, the public were just like ho-hum about it. Um, but, well, they didn't, um, they didn't even tell Apollo 13 that they nobody was really watching Yeah, yeah. their broadcast. And then right after they stopped broadcasting, boom. Right. Yeah. That uh, yeah, those are good uh, good news notes that really tie in very well to our episode. I was going to talk about Willow being canceled and James Gunn doing Superman, but I like your news the best. 
My sister's That's very ma- my sister's very <laughs> mad about Willow. She messaged me and she goes, "Do you believe this? Are we allowed to sue?" <laughs> oh because I mean, well, if you can sue over a trailer, I don't right. see why you can't sue over a promise. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's you know, it's I love Willow the movie. And uh, I really wanted to love the series. And uh, sorry, Jet Rose, I wasn't too crazy about uh, Willow the series. But she loved Willow. Yeah. She loves Willow so much. And she really liked, you know, going back to that world. But sure. it has been taken away from her as of today and she's not happy. Oh, no. Well, maybe uh, maybe it's uh, her prerogative to start a uh, Netflix Save This Show campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, get in line with the Disney stuff. Just get exactly. in line. Right. <laughs> Somebody's always mad about something. But you know what? <laughs> I was thinking about that in regard to, um, you know, talking about, you know, what we watched in the 70s and how we watched things. You know, I, I you just enjoyed things. Do you remember that? Remember just enjoying things? <laughs> and not anticipating whether it's going to have a second <laughs> and, season or not? And not worrying about that part of it too much and not really worrying about, you know, how it would, you know, what it meant and how it was acted and what they spent or where they got things from. I mean, you just enjoyed it for what it was. What the actors were doing behind the scenes. Nobody nobody cared. cared. I didn't know anything about Gil Gerard and Aaron Gray. I knew nothing about them. (laughs) And I didn't care. Right. Yeah. Where are those days? I know. I mean, but, you know, in a way, I'm trying to sort of, because I've been watching more old stuff lately. Yeah. I've been trying to get myself back to that where I just, just, just watch it and enjoy it. You know, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. (laughs) Just watch it for what it is. You know, it's funny as content creators, it's, uh, it's hard to do that. Mm -hmm. Cause you, you know, you gotta, I mean, it's one thing if you're going to critique it. I mean, I understand (laughs) that, but I mean, I'm talking about like your regulation Twitter users who just, just you know, watch. want to pop off for no reason Sh- about sure. everything. <laughs> it's like, just <laughs> calm down and enjoy it. And if you don't like it, nobody's making you hate watch. Right. You don't have to. It's like, you know, I have no idea what's going on in The Mandalorian. Not a clue. <laughs> Not a clue. No, it wasn't my thing. That's all. Well, Baby Yoda's doing some cute stuff. Well, he's always cute. <laughs> I'll always love Baby Yoda. It's his show anyway. Right. Poor little guy. (laughs) He has to carry a lot, doesn't he? The year is 1987, and NASA launches the last of America's deep space probes. In a freak mishap, Ranger 3 and its pilot, Captain William Buck Rogers, are blown out of their trajectory into an orbit which freezes his life support systems and returns Buck Rogers to Earth 500 years later. Buck Rogers in the 25th century, it's, um, man, back in the day, we had so much to watch, and this was definitely a show that I uh, really enjoyed. I mean, obviously, you know, we did, um, I talked to uh, Backyard Tardis, Nick, about Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. and, um, 
you know, you and I, we, uh, we, we enjoy, uh, all that stuff, but, uh, mm -hmm. Buck Rogers was definitely something that I, I remember watching, um, religiously. Um, and I know they're, uh, like anything back then, I think, um, uh, second season of that show was a little bit, uh, I don't know, crazy, um, weird, uh, I don't, I don't even know how to describe that second season of Buck Rogers, but um, we're, we're, let's not get into that second season because that I, I think that might be a, a show uh, all on its own. But what do you? What are some of the things that you remember about the uh, the series? Um, why do we love it so much? Well, you know what I remember about it. I remember that it, we went to the movies to see it first. Oh, hmm. because they put out the what was going to be the pilot in the movies. First. Yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense because they did that for Galactica, and that's mm -hmm. that's where I first and it saw worked. it. Yeah, and I looked up the budget and the box office. So it cost about three point five million. It had a three point five million budget, and it returned twenty one million in the box office. So that's roughly fourteen and a half million budget today with an eighty seven million return. So, yeah. yeah, they'd make a show out of that. Sure. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty good numbers, really. Absolutely. And it's funny because, you know, I mean, Star Wars comes out in 77 and then mm -hmm. um, all the studios lose their collective minds and wants oh, yeah. a piece of the pie. What do we own? Yeah. <laughs> that we can put out real quick. Exactly. And there were a lot of bad things that came out, but this wasn't one of them. This was actually fun. It was, it was definitely fun. fun. Yeah. Um, so Aaron Gray, Gil Gerard. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I had, uh, posted, I guess it's funny because a lot of people, um, were not really aware of, uh, Tweaky's, uh, voice actor, Mel Blank. Yeah. Who, uh, sometimes I'm like, how, how do you not know that Mel Blank was the voice of Tweaky? Um, they didn't watch Looney Tunes. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's one of those things that you, I think a lot of people will watch and maybe listen to his voice. Mm -hmm. And obviously Tweaky was a character that did not have a lot of lines other than beady, yeah. beady, beady. Right. But when, when he did, uh, you know, kind of uh, say his lines, there is an aspect of Mel Blanc's voice that I know people recognize. It's in every voice he does. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because maybe they, maybe they recognize it, but they can't put two and two together mm -hmm. because they're not watching, you know, that obviously Duck they're Dodgers. Not, they're, they're not exactly. It's 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 disjointed. It's uh, like a disembodied yeah. uh, voice mm -hmm. that you that you kind of recognize, but you don't, and you can't. You know, it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of odd. Yeah. But um, Tweaky, uh, Tweaky, I loved Tweaky. It was uh, he was a really fun character. You got to have a robot. Absolutely, and um, a robot has to have a robot as well. Mm -hmm. Doc, Doctor Theopolis, right? Which he wore like Flavor Flav. Yeah, boy! <laughs> oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> oh man, I you know what? I wonder if that's how he got the idea. That's too funny. But let's go through the uh, the premise real fast. Um, talk a little bit about the plot because it is uh, interesting. I, I mentioned mm -hmm. cryogenics at the beginning at the top of the show. Right. But uh, what does that have to do with anything? Okay. So Buck Rogers is a NASA slash Air Force pilot who was in command of Ranger 3, which was going to be the last of a deep space program. And in May of 1987, 
he, yeah, he <laughs> launched. <laughs> There's a life support malfunction. And then he's frozen for over 500 years. So he's just drifting in space. So then his ship is discovered in 2491. And luckily, there was a combination of gases that froze him that were very <laughs> similar to a formula. There's always a formula. Right. That was used in cryopreservation in the 25th century. How lucky. Yeah. So his rescuers were able to revive him. Yeah. And so, and, and then it's, it's actually the, the premise for the first season for the movie that became the pilot. And then the first season is pretty dark because there's been this devastating nuclear war on November 22nd, 1987. So months after he's launched, this happens. It's also my brother's birthday. <laughs> it's his fault. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, and Earth is now under the auspices of what is known as the Earth Defense Directorate. And so immediately, because they've, they have this unfrozen man who has no records of any kind, he's the perfect man to be their undercover guy. And so the first season is really Buck Rogers kind of being a sort of spy for hire for the directorate. So he's yeah. sort of James Bondish. Sure, sure. A very in a sort dashing. of in a sort of discolicious way. Oh my god! <laughs> like a lot Absolutely. of like a lot of seventies sci-fi was, <laughs> to be perfectly yeah. frank, and really like we'll a lot of late seventies TV series were really sure. Sure, we'll get to that. Uh, the, disco kids we'll get to, the kids we'll don't know. The kids don't. We'll get to more discolicious. Yeah, we'll get to more <laughs> discolicious uh, tunes in a bit because that. It, funny enough, that is one of the aspects of the show that I I remember. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember deeply that that damn song, yeah. and um, I, I forgot. Uh, Which I, the I think, theme song is great. Do you remember the the theme song? And it does have a really good theme too. Until they start singing it at the end. Oh my God, that's another aspect of the of the show that I loved. The that kind of like James Bondy, Just, you know, yes. uh, love ballad, uh, time travel, yeah. whatever. That's whatever. when I checked out. <laughs> far beyond the world I've known, far beyond my time. What am I? I was, I was with you with the instrumental completely. You know, it's funny because after all these years, I still remember the first couple of phrases, the lyrics of that song. So suspension is your karaoke tune. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Long before this life of mine. <laughs> but I um, want to see this at Scarif Live. You know, they're going to ask for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cue it up. Cue it up. Tina. Tina. <laughs> Cue it up. Is it forever or will it all end? Long before this night. I don't know what it is. I got to look it up. <laughs> just something I But, um, you know, it, it's funny. Gil Gerard, um, 
he was uh, kind of the straight man to Tweaky's. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I upon rewatch, I didn't realize how um, how funny Tweaky was in the in the series in the show, especially the first episode. Um, and I keep forgetting, you know, it's it's when I was a kid, I remember thinking, oh my god, it's so cool. This is set in in New Chicago, and right. then they they venture out. And uh, because uh, obviously Buck wants proof that uh, he, he, everybody is telling him the truth, that he's Mm -hmm. uh, back on Earth uh, in the future. So he goes uh, searching around uh, downtown Chicago. And upon my rewatch a couple of days ago, they stumble on a sign that says State Street. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, we don't have those kind of signs here. (laughs) I'm like, that's not real. That's too funny. You know, as a kid, I, I love the fact that uh, that Chicago was mentioned on uh, on television, other than just local mm-hmm. news, um, and in a science fiction series, no less. Right. I was like, all right, this is awesome. And some of the exteriors were of the old Expo sixty seven. Yeah, that they had for their World's Fair, uh-huh. and they used that for Battlestar Galactica, and then yes. later Quantum Leap. Yeah. It was a quantum leap facility. When I used to shoot little movies with my friends uh, back in the day, I um, I took a lead from some of the exteriors. I just looked uh, looked for some really cool looking buildings and mm-hmm. then just just shot upwards. And I'm yeah. like, this is my city, my yeah. futuristic city. But are you like me? Do you still look around and you're like, oh, this looks like this or this looks like that? Yeah. There's a a college uh, on the south side here in town. And whenever I pass by there, I'm like, oh, look, Starfleet Academy. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. What a nerd. (laughs) Well, I can't help it. (laughs) Hey, what's up, Chicago friends? If you are in the Andersonville area and want to check out a really cool comic book shop, head on over to Alley Cat Comics, 5304 North Clark Street in Chicago. If you're into comics, magna, gaming, and all the cool stuff, Alley Cat Comics is the place to be. Gotta love Celine and the rest of the gang over at Alley Cat Comics. Pick up your gaming supplies, set aside your comic books, grab the latest Star Wars and Marvel books, or give them a call at 773-907-3404 and tell them the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast sent you. Oh yeah. Alley Cat Comics in Chicago. It's where the cool cats hang. See what I did there? So what are some of the characters or actors that uh, that you uh, that you liked in this show? I really liked Erin Gray. I liked Erin Gray because she was, you know, because we were getting spoiled with Princess Leia and Star Wars. And I wanted somebody that was, I wanted to see, as a girl, I wanted to see women who were, you know, competent and in charge and. Yeah. You know, and a lead in a show, you know, that sort of thing. And not always being rescued. And I really liked that about her. Yeah, she was strong. She was uh, mm-hmm. a, a colonel, Wilma yep. Deering. Yep. And she I, took, I liked she her a no lot. BS. Yeah. Uh, no, especially in the first season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was not having it. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, I like that about her. As a, um, as a young 12 year old though, um, Princess Ardala really, uh, made an impression on me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, don't, I can't imagine why. <laughs> can't imagine what about yeah. princess ardala went hmm it was her dancing well, it was her dancing disco dancing yeah. <laughs> that um yeah i mean it, it's funny because it's gotta it's it really has to be one of my favorite scenes yeah. i mean they're in the party and it's so and great it's so great it's a, buck rogers <laughs> is trying to kind of loosen up the band but the music is just too structured and too Mm-hmm. Uh, too tight, and mm-hmm. he's uh, trying to convince the band to uh, the keyboardist to kind of loosen it up, and he does yeah. you know one or two tries, but that last one really, I still remember that damn song. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who uh, who composed that. Um, I know Stu Phillips did the uh, the theme. I think. What else did Stu Phillips do? I think he did Galactica. Um, but yeah, this will be probably the time when I insert the song into the episode. I have to because <laughs> it's so good. And it I just is. like the, the neon band and the, the whole, it's just, it's so great. Right. Yeah. And uh, Buck's got some moves. Oh, and so, yes. does, so does Tweaky. So does Tweaky. He's, he's enjoying it a lot. So you mentioned um, that the earth went through uh, a nuclear war, mm-hmm. a nuclear holocaust uh, per se. And uh, there's an interesting premise that is introduced in this show regarding the uh, the computer council. Um, mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that because we are kind we're kind of going through a uh, a weird artificial intelligence mm-hmm. uh, um, insurgence, I would say, because uh, people. I, I was shooting something for news the other day, and uh, a gentleman passed me up and told me that artificial intelligence is uh is going to be uh the force that takes over the planet um he had a squirrel on his shoulder so i don't know how much i would believe him yeah. but um talk a little bit about the uh, computer council because i think that's it's, it's a very interesting topic well i like when they when they come in uh you know and you know as we said tweaky comes in with um just kind of bringing him in like flavor flavor <laughs> sets him on the counter and then he's you know sort of talking to buck about you know and then and then you know there's sort of you know it's, it's some exposition about this computer council and and it's kind of like they've and when i rewatched it i thought well this is kind of interesting because the um dr hewer is kind of in a way sort of deferring to the computers a little bit yeah absolutely which i didn't really remember um, as a kid, I guess I just accepted it and just moved on. Like we were talking about, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Computers are in charge now. All right. <laughs> but it's almost as if, um, since this, you get the sense that since this thing happened, whatever this thing was that caused this nuclear Holocaust, that they almost, the humans almost don't trust themselves a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And they've kind of 
given over some of the control to this artificial intelligence who yeah. can make these decisions and they've kind of patterned, you know, their society around that now. Yeah. And even, and, even, and everybody knows everything about everybody else. Sure. And during the trial, they uh, put uh, Buck Rogers on trial for being a mm -hmm. spy. Um, Dr. Hewer, like you said, um, just relegated that, uh, that verdict to the computers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that f early on in the episode, in the first episode, um, he was just like, all right, well, he's going to have to die. What can I do? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> it was nice knowing you. Well, you're Captain Buck Rogers. And according to your ship's log, you left Earth in 1987. That much I know. Tell me what I don't know. Well, if preliminary data holds up, it appears you have returned to Earth 504 years later. There's some trickery and some subterfuge going on with uh, with the Draconians mm -hmm. and the um, and the pirates. Um, the premise, obviously, is the uh, there's a peace treaty. You know what? There's always there's always a peace treaty that goes wrong. You got uh, the Cylons and the humans. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's like no wonder they uh, let uh, the robots uh, control our society. We just don't learn. Yeah. And how else how else is Buck going to prove that everything is going wrong? <laughs> He's going to go James Bond. <laughs> you know, the series had a really nice mix of um, of humor. Mm -hmm. Which you usually don't like. Which I don't usually like. But you know what? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the 70s. What are you going to do? It's the 70s. And it works because <laughs> I think it works because Buck Rogers was sort of a pulp story to begin with. Sure. And. It's it's it lends itself to that. Absolutely, you know, you're supposed to be having fun with it because really, and and even in the production design, it's really a comic book come to life. Yeah, and and that's one of the reasons why I think it endures and why it's so much fun. Absolutely, talk a little bit about the roots of Buck Rogers. I know um, you and your sister um, were were talking a little bit about mm -hmm. that, but. Um, What's uh, give us the four one one? What was created in nineteen twenty eight? The character was by Philip Francis Nolan, and there was a novella called Armageddon twenty four nineteen A D. And from that origin came comics and radio dramas, a movie serial, another television show in the fifties, which was not that successful, and. It was most famously portrayed by Buster Crabbe, who also played Flash Gordon. Oh, yes. So that was kind of exciting. Very and nice. so that's another serial, which is also really good, which is available on YouTube. Don't watch it colorized. <laughs> Shame on watch you. Watch the you black do. and white one. Or we will find you. Yes. Black and white. It's the only way to go, but you can watch it. And it is a lot of fun. And then, of course, one of the... Um, my favorite things, because like you said, I'd been exposed to the comics and the serial and all that stuff before, was Duck Dodgers, which may be my favorite cartoon, Warner mm. Brothers cartoon. Yeah. Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century with Daffy Duck and Marvin the Martian. Sure. Yeah, I remember that. Which is so great. And you know what I found out? I had, well, I had read it. I think I had read it. I'm not going to say I discovered it. 
in Hulks. I don't think I did. But um, George Lucas wanted that shown before Star Wars. Yes, that's right. He yeah. tried and tried and mm-hmm. tried to get the rights for it. I wouldn't give it to him. Yeah. I bet they wish they had, though. Yeah. Can you imagine? They'd have had all this. Can you imagine they had gotten all the toys out? Mm-hmm. We'd have had we'd had the ships and everything, probably. Yeah. Maybe not that Christmas, but. <laughs> yeah. Maybe later. Maybe later. It would have been great. And then Mel Blanc was in, you know, and that was Mel Blanc. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's why, like, if you, you know people, I don't know. I still can't believe people didn't know he was Tweaky, but okay. <laughs> not paying attention. I think it's the third time this week that I've realized that I might have just aged out of social media. <laughs> it's like, he did that? What? <laughs> it's like, he did everything. It's like, you know, he wasn't just Bugs Bunny, right? What? <laughs> he was wait. Bugs Bunny? I, I can't wait. I can't wait till they find out how many he was. <laughs> it's you know, it's great. interesting. It's, it's interesting. If Star Wars had not come out um, mm-hmm. in the time that it did... I'm looking at um, some science fiction television from back in the day, and mm-hmm. there really is a lot. I'm wondering what the television landscape would have been if, if one, uh, Star Wars hadn't been, um, you know, hadn't come out in 77. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, talk about Glenn Larson, too, because I think uh, he's, he's kind of like the George Lucas of, of, of television sci-fi, isn't he? Oh, Yeah. I mean, when you saw Glenn A. Larson, you knew yeah. that you were you were in for a treat. Cause, you know, he was um he was really prolific. I mean, you sort of saw him as much as you saw a Quinn Martin production, you know what I mean? Right. Like, but really I think that's that's kind of where we were in the seventies. It was a lot of crime dramas. Mm-hmm. Because it was, you know, it was Mannix right. and Cannon and Streets of San Francisco and right. Ironside. And and that's really where it was. And then Star Wars happens and then everything sort of went sci-fi. Yeah. And absolutely. comic books and, you know, whatever, you know, really whatever they owned or could get access to. But that's probably where we would have been was was with more crime dramas. More crime dramas. Although, you know, well, they sort of they, made I mean, a they turn. came back. Yeah. I mean, and they sort of made a turn with Six Million Dollar Man and Bionic Woman where, but that's sort of an offshoot to me of things like Mission Impossible. Right. It's almost like a mishmash. Mm-hmm. You, you had, um, you know, I mean, even even shows like Knight Rider. Right. Which is a, a little sci-fi, but you still had that kind of that espionage uh, adventure of the week mm-hmm. and type the of thing. Yeah. The Hoff. Can't forget him. No, even if we try. <laughs> <laughs> Although my brother did have a sweet Knight Rider big wheel. Oh, very nice. He did with, have that. With the light and everything? Oh, yeah, he was styling. Very was, nice. Yeah. All right, friends, time to say thank you and acknowledge all the wonderful souls that help keep the lights on over here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thanks. We're super lucky to have you. Big thanks to our executor tier patrons, Backyard Tardis, Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Can't forget our other patrons, Rogue One Radio. Thank you, DJ. DJ, 
Thursday, Steve and Nicole. And check out Comics and Cosmetics. Danny's got some lovely takes on comics and uh, cosmetics. Go subscribe to her show. Our Miami pal, the Frank. What's up, Frank? And Joey Rosales, longtime supporter of the Scuttlebutt. Thank you, kind sir. Massive shout out to my co-host and mistress of the dark, Chantel of Scarif After Dark. And the ever so wonderful Belinda. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you're on this list. Big thanks to our other friends, Alex and Jay, and our resident classic Hollywood expert, one of our favorite collaborators, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. Huge respect to all our patrons. And if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. was your favorite uh let's see prop in buck rogers let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the spacious i actually remember having some of the toys i don't know if mm-hmm. it was me or a friend of mine but uh again talking about um star wars because obviously mm-hmm. every, everything stems from star wars you had um you had some spaceships that were designed and and uh preconceived through drawings mm-hmm. um, by uh, Ralph McQuarrie. Right. Who uh, obviously, if you are worth your weight in Star Wars sand, you mm-hmm. would know who that is. Um, but he also did some Battlestar Galactica ships. And mm-hmm. I think the I heard that the ships from Buck Rogers were um, discarded designs for uh, Battlestar Galactica. Right. The Terran Starfighters, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I love those ships. They're good looking. Yeah. And, you know, they had a pretty good budget for the show. It was uh, $800,000 an episode. Oh, wow. Which and is quite a bit for them. It is, it is quite a bit. And then, you know, if you cut back to maybe a decade and a half um, for when the original uh, Star Trek show was going on. I think there mm-hmm. was one time when um, Lucille Ball almost went under because each Star Trek episode was around that price. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, talk about a difference uh, 10 years makes as far as budgets. Um, but, you know, also, you know, how cutting edge Lucille Ball was for right. uh, spearheading the whole Star Trek movement, which is, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that's, I mean... I think I remember it and it's not far off from, um, you know, cut to the nineties. Uh, was it the nineties when, um, Star Trek, the next generation came out? Right. Yeah. 87, 87. Yes. Something like that. 87. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's those episodes. Uh, I remember, uh, reading that those episodes were a cool million each. So. Yeah. So it's not far off from that. And, you know, in looking yeah. at it again, you know, they spent their money well. I mean, the sets look good. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, they were using stock footage, you know, for exteriors and they were borrowing, you know, sound effects and visual effects and things like that. But I mean, you know, it's it's still it's like, um, you know, they're in the same production house. So why wouldn't they? 
Sure. And I think they had a little sure. bit more stock footage than Battlestar Galactica did. Mm-hmm. At least they shot some more um, shows. I, I know Galactica had that one uh, shot of of the cannon in one of the corners with a Cylon on the other side exploding. And just to, just to mix things up, they would flip it. So it's the other way around every so often they'd show that one. But uh, no, I mean, these, uh, these ships were, were fairly decent. And the costumes were great. And the costumes were great. Yeah. And they had some really involved costumes too. Yeah. One of my favorite was uh, really, and he was always kind of in the background, but Tiger Man, Mm-hmm. Had uh, a very interesting look. Yep. And uh, obviously, um, Princess Ardala was very. Mm-hmm. Um, she had all the ornate headdresses and all the yeah, pearls. She, and, she was know. like like the Amidala of the 70s. Yes, very <laughs> much so. <laughs> and and uh, Kane always looked good. You know, the villains always look really good. Yeah. You always get the best wardrobe. You know, one of the things that this show really um, does well, and I know, you know, again, it, it, it's uh, it's a show from the 70s, but something about the believability of, of Gil Gerard's performance, I think, really mm-hmm. sold a lot of it. Um, and, yeah. you know, obviously, Aaron Gray, um, the two of them really... I think they they clicked, and again, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what the uh, the casting process was like, but right. um, it'd be really interesting to. I'm always interesting interested in finding out like what actors tried for what roles. They you know, wanted we, Kurt Russell. Oh yeah, he that's was who big, they wanted, yeah. and he didn't want to do TV. Yeah. So, of course, he was almost Han Solo too. Right, Kurt Russell. So I think he was just sort of in the ether for producers at the time. Right. But I mean, I could see him. I could see him in that part. Yeah. And isn't he a a Disney kid? He's a Disney kid. Yeah. Yeah. He was a Disney kid, but you've got to think, you know, he wasn't that far off from, you know, some of his iconic roles at this point. So he was probably right to do the movie thing. Sure. Because escape from New York wasn't that far off and, the thing wasn't that far off. So, you know, but he could have done it. But I think, you know, Gil Gerard for somebody who wasn't a hundred percent happy the entire time, I think he's, he embraces it more now. Sure. And because I think he understands how much people love it. And, but you can't tell he's not happy and, you know, he's not sleepwalking through it. Sure. You know, and, he really does have the kind of, um, he's got the swagger for sure, but he's also got that sort of wink that he's having fun with it. Absolutely. Especially that first episode when, uh, he's coming down off of the, the quaaludes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we've given our captain a little too much medication. Oh no, I feel great. <laughs> That's a really great sequence. <laughs> the formula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to revive him. And it's it's, you know, it's and he and he does. He has that that light touch um that's perfect for it. What a wonderful time to uh to be a nerd. And I I wanna say that at the time when I was watching both Galactica and shows like this, I don't think I one hundred percent truly appreciated the um the show as much as maybe i do now 
and obviously nostalgia plays a large role in in um in liking shows like this but um what about you did you did you know that you were watching something gold well it was a big deal because it was a show i watched with my dad because my dad was a huge buck rogers fan mm, yeah prior to that so it was a, it was a big deal because this was um the night it aired was the night he was off from work so we could all watch it together that's nice and of course those were the days when if you didn't watch it you had to wait for summertime Oh yeah, for reruns. Yes, reruns. Yeah. No streaming. Those were the no, days. No, no DVDs. No nothing. <laughs> you missed it. You missed it. No, my nieces think I come from a mythic land where, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about ye olden days, Auntie. You know. <laughs> but they can't believe it because you know they grew up with 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 this incredible technology that they can watch things from a hundred years ago and things that were made yesterday and they can watch them right now. Right. We only had three. To. We only had three channels. And UHF, if 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 you, <laughs> if you held were, the antenna for your parents in the right oh way. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you were the remote control. Does it mean it was, you know, flip the channel? That's too funny how times change. Because dad was not getting out of the recliner. No, not at all. <laughs> Good. Do that. Okay. But it was great. I mean, it was a great time to be a kid. It was a, we had a lot of great TV and I will hear no sass about it. It was great TV. (laughs) I know it really was. I mean, you mentioned some of the other shows, uh, $6 million Mm -hmm. man, the bionic woman. I mentioned, you know, Knight Rider, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, Battlestar Galactica. I mean, these are shows that, uh, have, uh, pretty much shaped our childhood. I like the Planet of the Apes TV show. Ah, that's right. I watched all of that. I loved it because, you know, more Planet of the Apes for me. Fantastic. I didn't care. Yep. You know, it was great. And there were tops cards for everything, which was even better. You know, what's funny as um, as time went on and some of these shows kind of um, dropped off of the face of fandom, you know, you you had shows that were maybe kind of trying to to pick up the slack. Um, but I think shows like, uh, I, I remember a show called Manimal. Oh, yeah, Manimal. Mm-hmm. That, um, that I guess- My sister loves that show. What, it's one of her favorite what, shows. What year was that? Because I remember, I remember watching I some Manimal. of that show. Yeah, and, and it was on it just, NBC. It just didn't have the same effect. Those are the Fred Silverman days. I, that was 1983. Oh, it's its anniversary. Oh, my God. Wow. 1983. Well, next week, it, folks, we're going to talk it, about Madam. <laughs> here's the other thing, though. Kid time. Okay. It was completely different. Okay, so Manimal ran from September 30th to December 17th, 1983. And that would have felt like a year to us. Right. Because it was completely different. Time meant something else as a child. Because it just felt. Oh, and here's something interesting. William Conrad does the opening narration of Manimal. Wow. Just as he did for the first season of Buck Rogers. In the year 1987, at the John F. Kennedy Space Center, NASA launched the last of America's deep space probes. Oh, my sister's going to be so excited. Wait till I tell her we had a Manimal reference. <laughs> it's exciting. Man, I mean, though, yeah, we had shows like Manimal and 
Auto Man. Super Train. Yeah. <laughs> Super Train. Remember Super Train? <laughs> God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, Super Train. Um, but yeah, I mean Land of the well, Lost. Oh yeah, Land of the Lost. I love that mm-hmm. show. That's um, a great show. You still don't know what Arc Two is, but I'm telling you it existed. Yeah. I I think I did a little bit of research, but I know I know you Space had Space Academy. I think it was filmed in the same place as Arc Two, because I think they were both CBS. Yeah. But then there was um Shazam and Isis and well, I, re- I remember I mean, ISIS. I mean, a while back, I, I think I was looking through some old um, images of science fiction television from from back in the day, and I, I stumbled upon the um, the actress uh, in the ISIS outfit. And mm-hmm. it's one of it's one of those things where you remember something, but you really, but you don't remember something. Like it's familiar, yeah. but it's like, oh my god, I remember. And again, I don't know. It's I remember her. But she was great. I mean, but she was smart and yes, absolutely. you know, in her alter ego, you know, because she was a professor and she was and she knew all these, you know, she, all the history and archaeology and all that. It was great. And besides the uh, Marvel stuff in the seventies, you had Spider Man, Captain America, mm-hmm. Thor, the Hulk. Um, yep. I you know I, I remember the uh, the Shazam show with ISIS mm-hmm. and yep. uh, and the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just kind of doing a little bit of research on this, I'm stumbling upon all sorts of uh, images from from ISIS in particular, which is, uh, like I said, it's it's one of those shows where I, I I remember watching it, but I don't remember anything about it other than what is mm-hmm. kind of weirdly triggered in my mind. And then we had weird things, the, all the Sid and Marty Croft things, like mm-hmm. Way Out Space Nuts yeah. and the... What was that? There was one about a saucer. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's funny because they weren't really they 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 were kind of serious. I mean, Bionic mm-hmm. Woman, uh, six million dollar yeah. man. Um, you know the uh, the predicaments that uh, Bruce Banner got into, and obviously that comes from the comic books. But and uh, do you know it was what I thought? What I found really striking in the in the six million dollar man universe was Maskatron. 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 The um the robot. And it would you could oh, they would hit its face right. and then you yeah. could see the innards of it. Yeah. Somebody posted <laughs> a picture of their six million dollar man action figure collection. Oh, I was jealous. And um, so jealous. and I I did see that. And that was a great looking collection too. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I want all my stuff back. Something about um, obviously Lee Majors, but something about mm-hmm. Richard Anderson who played Oscar Goldman. Um, oh, he's great. I, I don't know. He made an impression on me uh, even at a young age. I, I really liked his character a lot. And it was a great action figure because he had the briefcase and the yeah <laughs> mission files and all that stuff. I loved getting that stuff. It was those toys were and our toys were great. I'm sorry, kids like their toys now. Our toys were better. Oh yeah, hell yeah! So much better. So much better. I it's it's hard to describe to people who didn't who didn't go through that then of the not having television as a constant, right? You know, and I mean, we watched a lot of TV. I'm not saying that, but it's like TV was only on for a certain number of hours a day. Sure. And you couldn't stay up late. <laughs> you could stay up late, but it would cut off. <laughs> national anthem and that's it you better go to bed that is funny 
but we had a lot of time to play, you know, and I remember taking my stuff outside and playing with it. You played outside? I played outside. There was a hole outside. <laughs> oh my God. You didn't come inside until the, I mean, your parents didn't want to see, in the summertime, they didn't want to see you until the sun was going down. Yep. And you better be back before the streetlights come on, but I don't really want to see you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because mom was inside with the tab and the shows because it was her TV then and you get outside, <laughs> find something to do. <laughs> but there did was we, a lot to do. There was a lot just, to play. Did we just mention tab? We mentioned tab. That was my mother's <laughs> beverage of choice. Oh my God. I, I saw a can of tab the other day somewhere and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know they still made that. I keep threatening to get her some, but <laughs> that was her thing. God, we sound like the olds now. Listen to us. <laughs> I know, totally. Uh, yeah, this yeah, will be yeah. on a porch swing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get off my lawn, you kids. <laughs> so what else do you remember about Buck Rogers? I know we... Uh, and we were talking, talking about the toys. We were, we're talking, talking about, about the toys. The, yeah. See, we're doing like old people and digress. <laughs> um, Squirrel. <laughs> in my day, um, my sister had the three and a half inch Buck Rogers figure that she carried with her everywhere. Yeah. I remember that. That's too funny. She left it in the car one time when it was getting worked on and she was terrified it was going to be stolen. I said, I really don't think they're going to take it. <laughs> and he was fine when we got the car back. Good. Yeah. You know, you, you never know because I, I remember uh, quite a few of my toys were, were taken, but granted I took them to school when I wasn't supposed to, but that's on mine me, were, I guess. Mine were taken by my mom for yard sales. That's where mine went. Oh, no. Yeah. We'd just come home and random things would be gone. And she had a yard sale. Yeah, they were gone. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot imagine how sad. Inclu well, yeah, including all of my Kenner Star Wars toys. Yeah, that's tragic. And every single Star Wars tops card. And I had the first three series complete. Wow. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. And my sister's Sasquatch figure. Oh, from... from uh Six million dollar man, which she yep. is still not over. My mother has never heard the end of it. Wow. I forgot he battled Bigfoot. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> oh, man. How can Who you Who wasn't battling how, Bigfoot in the 70s? Exactly. He how had to. like that? <laughs> he oh, had to. Oh, my God. But yeah, science fiction, television back in the day. What... Uh, what wonderful memories, man. Buck Rogers, obviously, and some of the other shows um, that you mentioned. If anybody is listening and uh, want to uh, mention another show that maybe we didn't talk about, uh, we'd love to hear. Um, we'd love to hear what you guys were watching back in the day. Even if it's funny because I, I posted, I'm like, you guys are probably not alive, but what did you like back in the 70s? And um, yeah, most of them said uh, I wasn't alive. Another yeah. another uh, time that I realized that I probably aged out of social media. <laughs> we just need a group, the olds of Twitter. We <laughs> can just all hang out together. Yeah. Senior senior Twitter. Senior Twitter. Senior Twitter. It's not terrible. I don't mind. You know, every time I think, you know, every time I think that I mind it, I remember how great it was when I yeah, grew up. Absolutely. Because it really was. I'm, I'm really happy that I was in the in the first Star Wars generation. 
Yeah. That makes me enormously happy. And then to see all these other shows that came from that. Sure. And was yeah. it was it really was a good time to be a kid because you got you maximized all of this. It was really great. Sure. Absolutely. So before um, before we take off, um, I only have a set of questions to ask you. Um, that uh, you may or may not know the answer to, but uh, let's see. Let's see if you even recognize these questions. I was, I was told there'd be no quiz. <laughs> no, no quiz. Far beyond this world I've known, far beyond my time, what kind of world am I going to find? Will it be real or just all in my mind? What am I? Who am I? What will I be? Where am I going? And what will I see? You can take the chorus on that one, Melanie. Oh, no, I will not. <laughs> but yeah, I those told are... you, I'm a fan of the instrumental version of that oh, particular man. piece. It's uh, embedded in my mind for better or for worse. Oh, it'll it'll be in. Oh, it'll be in this episode for sure. <laughs> what am I? what i think of i'm not kidding that's the first thing i think of i think of the opening and i think of that fondly well melanie thank you so much for joining me on this uh quick little uh deep dive into buck rogers oh yeah it was Stu phillips i'm looking at uh i'm looking at some um lyrics here some song composers sue phillips um did that song but uh awesome sauce melanie thank you again yes. for joining me thank you it was fun yeah where can people find you to say hello there oh at twitter because i cannot get the instagram thing happening god one day it's gonna be one day um but there's plenty of harrison ford pictures that you can post i'm sure oh yeah well i told you i've, I've got plenty i've got plenty in storage you know Yep. And P.S. How great was that to see him at the Oscars? Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. With Kiwi Kwan. I was so yep. excited. It was yeah. so great. Brought a tear to my eye. Oh, and before we sign off, and before I forget, we got a voicemail from our friend Sofa747 talking about season one of Buck Rogers. Let's hear it. have an incoming transmission from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Hotline, Commander, and we can't withstand a voicemail of this magnitude! Season one of Buck Rogers was better. The only good thing about season two was Hawk, because they changed uh, the dynamic and the way they worked everything. Um, this is Sofa747 from Twitter. BDB. Excellent. Melanie, thank you so much for joining me tonight on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. 
Thank you, everybody. Look for the rest of the Red 5 Network, red5network.com, or check us out at bio.link slash red5. Until the next time when we talk about, what are we going to talk about next time? We'll see. We'll find out. We'll see what the people are asking for here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Just wanted to remind you all, we can be found wherever you find your other favorite shows. iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Podchaser, Backtracks FM, Podtail, Owltail, Google Podcast, and of course, our own Red5Network.com to name a few. And don't forget to drop us a voicemail at 773-234-8659, our Scuttlebutt hotline. We want to hear what's on your mind. Your call is very important to us. Let us know what you think of the show, what future topics we should tackle, or just to say, hello there. Please hold.